Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> I did not have a cinnamon roll before recording this. I know. But. Yeah. I did There's always. Don- I did have donuts. Oh, I did have donuts. you trickster. Yeah. I also had, I'm going to say it, top three donuts in my entire life. What? The pumpkin spice donut. Did you text Jen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it. She also said she could eat a hundred of them. Oh, so had, she agreed. Oh, yeah. Wow. I totally agree. It's a yeast donut, so it's okay. fluffy. It's uh-huh. not cake. I don't, I don't really love cake donuts, but I will still suffice. Pumpkin spice buttercream on top. I'm also not like a huge like pumpkin spice, all the things, but no. I do like some pumpkin things. Like yeah, I, I made don't, some pumpkin but... pie mini pies because we realized they I don't, we don't so need a pie tin. They're adorable. Um, we, I also like good pumpkin beer. I like a good pumpkin beer. Yeah. But I don't like, that's about as far as I go. Sure, sure, sure. So anyway, I got this pumpkin spice donut. Wow. Wow. Just like the perfect amount of sweetness, but really? then like some spice. And then the buttercream was just really flavorful. They put pumpkin seeds in the buttercream. Oh, I do like that. It was it was delicious. I'm telling you guys, if you can get to Sidecar Donuts in Del Mar, <laughs> <laughs> grab one of these before Regional, regional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe get you a, side, a, a pumpkin spice donut at your local donutery. And you know, enjoy it. But local, not. But local, you, go don't, local. Don't go to Dunkin'. Don't go don't to Dunkin'. America to... does not run on Dunkin'. Let me tell you, that's my <laughs> support anti, local. That's my anti campaign. Um, yeah, find I'm a local. I'm so happy show. for you. I do have to get some cinnamon rolls going. That's tomorrow. Just so you know, I wanted you to be aware, and yeah. also the people who listen to this who keep up. Like I just, I last week as of this episode going up, I have not posted on Instagram in a long time, and I was like, I've been baking a lot of stuff. I know there's some people who enjoy my baking stuff. I'll just share a couple photos. A lot DMs of people, blew up. a lot of DMs. DMs and blew this up. doesn't happen to me. I don't get like a ton of DMs. People love the baking stuff. But what if you just like honestly pivoted to like a bake, like a bin, like a babish YouTube channel? Like what if you did? I know. I just don't have. I don't. I don't want to spend the time to do it. I know. Like, but if, it would just be a funny turn in your career. If I could do it with like a full time camera person, can I stretch out here? You're gonna hit that cord and it's gonna bum me out. It's a cord. It's not gonna affect anything. Um. If I could, like, if you were like, oh, I love filming things, like, I would love to come in and just film it and then edit the video together, yeah, sure, I would do it. But I, the problem is I have to film it, then I got to yeah. edit it, and I got to do it. So I think we just need to hire someone to come in and do it, obviously, for my... <laughs> but then they have to live with us because it's COVID. I really, I do think there there would be something really fun about doing a mediocre baking show. Okay. So it's just every time so you just you'll don't do it. know. Yeah. But yeah. right now I'm just, well, that's the problem, though, is I don't want to, like hone my skills too far it's true so then you I do can't it, get too like, good yeah it looks good and man. you're like dang it, oh, dang it. Well, you should have seen the 30 your window. before yeah because my first remember the first cinnamon roll batch so i made so bad hideous it's it up on gross. instagram and my highlights they're not a highlight it's ugly <laughs> but now low light now i make pretty pretty beautiful cinnamon rolls they are gorgeous but i've also made like 30 batches by now but that's the thing, right? If you start the channel, yeah. you're going to be baking more, and then it's going to go from – so maybe the channel is mediocre to non-mediocre. I don't know. We'll I'll just always it. try to be mediocre. Oh, also, fun fact no, I realized fake. when I was posting the story, I've gone through 75 pounds of fat flour since the pandemic You almost started. said fat, and I think that, <laughs> that's maybe that's something you should it's think about. 75 pounds of flour. That's a lot of pounds. It's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. For, for one man. You are gluten-free. <laughs> Important to note, so, I am gluten-free, uh, so who well, how ate that? How much do you that? think you've had of that? Couple, you've had a couple bites. 
Yeah, I would say uh, six ounces. Well, that's half a pound. Do you think you've had that much? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> well, I don't know how much translates yeah. into a baked version of well, flour. Well, that was just a stunning realization for me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Okay, I anyway. I you look great. Thank you You're healthy. so much. It's the cinnamon rolls, really. They keep my cheeks puffy and beautiful. <laughs> Gotta love the three-minute preamble of baked goods yeah, here on the sure, show. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's get into the episode, Jason. All right, what are we talking Let's about? Get back on task. I don't know, but the people know because they clicked into this. Although now they are like, "Are you ever going to get to this?" Yeah, thing? what's yeah. yeah? This episode is, I think, a core question and topic that every entrepreneur can relate to, or anyone trying to create their own business or do their own thing. And it's when do you push through and, and like follow back. through on something, or like go kind of harder? And when do you pull back and say? you know what, I, I'm working too hard. It's not the most important thing and I need to like have some balance. When do you push through? When do you pull back? There's a big preface to this episode, okay. which is we are not going to be those people who try and pretend like we have the answer for you. Yeah, we usually we like to write out notes and we like to say like, okay, what what is the helpful information that we're trying to yeah. deliver here so that you feel like this was valuable time for you to spend listening to us in your earballs. However, we're just going to tell you up front this is just a conversation episode. This is yeah. like we're not sure what the answer is, but we're going to talk about how we think about it. And I hope that even though there's not some definitive answer, that it's still really helpful for you so that you at least have some questions to ask yourself so you can figure out where that line is for you. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of nuance to every person's situation, but then also every person's situation within their own situations. Because for us, you know, uh, just a quick example, two months ago, we were working on two new projects leading up to the launch of our Wandering Aimfully Unlimited program. And we really had to push through a lot more than we normally ever would or have in many years. And it was tough. I mean, it was like, we wanted to get all this stuff done and there, there were only so few things that we could move around and we did have to push through. And again, self-imposed deadlines. Do we actually have to do that stuff? Probably not, but you know, we wanted to get these things done. And I think a lot of people listening to this are probably gonna hopefully see themselves in a lot of these situations and go, oh, that was me, or that's me now, or that's something I think I could run into in the future. And maybe that's a way I can think about this moving forward. Yeah. And I think my ultimate goal too is to maybe give people some different ways to think about things so that whatever they do choose, they don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. So if they are like, you know what, I'm in a season where I do need to just go a little bit harder so that I can get some stability under my feet then they don't have to feel guilty about that. Yeah. And then also if, you know, it's someone who is like, I'm just so tired yeah. and I just want more balance and I don't want them to feel guilty about, you know, not keeping up with their thing that they've done forever or whatever yeah. that thing is. So the, I guess maybe a good place to start with this is, is in the beginning, there when was... you're just getting started, <laughs> there was a, there was a time <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> Consistency is so important when you're getting started. Right. And I I cannot harp on this enough that if you are just in the beginning stages of your business, maybe you're in the first month, six months, or year, and you're not seeing much traction or momentum, real talk, you might not be able to take the breaks and pull back. Now, I don't mean... Sacrifice your mental health. You have to post I don't mean, every right. single day on Instagram. You have to create all the things you have to... That's not what I mean. What I mean is whatever consistent schedule and whatever content plan that you have, you have to stick to it. Because yeah. if you're not building that repetition and you're not building that trust. trust with people and that authority and people seeing you as someone that will show up for them and be dependable, 
you're going to look like everyone else that they've always run into who's like for three weeks does a great job and then drops off the map because you overdid it. Absolutely. And so I think consistency is so important early on. And so the big caveat there is how can you set yourself up for consistency success? Absolutely. So for me, it's about when you're starting out and you know that you're in that phase of your business where consistency is the most important thing. It's about being intentional about the channels, the marketing channels that you choose that you can actually stick with. So I feel like, especially now with how much information there is out there about starting your business, if you're starting a business now, you're going to go do all the Googling, right? And you're going to be like, okay, I got to have my blog post and I got to have my newsletter and I got to have my podcast and I got to have my social. And I, and pretty soon you see what the effective formula is. And you think that you have to do all those things in order to to do it right. Yep. And you're setting yourself up for failure because you can't be consistent when you're trying to do everything. Yep. So so our advice to people is always like, okay, choose. I mean, if I had to choose from all those things, I would say newsletter is the most important. Yeah. Well, I would say blog, like articles on your website and newsletter. Yep. Focus on those two things and being consistent with those two things first and then layer things on top of that. Why? Because and we'll get into this in a second, but the the articles and the tra- is going to get traffic coming to your website, which will pay dividends for years to come. It is the single greatest investment you can make in your mental health down the road because it will give you the ability to pull back later on, which yep. we'll talk about. And then the newsletter is that is the way that you can build that trust in a way that's consistent because it's not like social where you have to be in front of people every day or every, you know very a lot more frequently um and it's not like a podcast where there's a big barrier to gear and technical things and it's just like write some stuff that's helpful to your target person show up in their inbox once a week and set the set that as the bar for yourself can i do a little hot take hot take i don't know how this is going to come off so you can feel free to like take me down a notch if it's too much sure but i feel like people choose the wrong examples to follow when they're starting a business. So uh, someone out there will be like, Marie Forleo, I want to be like Marie. I want to do all this stuff. And then you start to build a plan of how you can do that. But what you don't understand is that Marie has a team of 10, 20, whatever. Right. She makes tens of millions of dollars per year. She's been doing this for 15 years. So you're comparing your little race that you're about to start to this unbelievable race that Marie can run that yeah. you have no chance of running. I'm sorry. That's my hot take. Like yeah. you don't have the ability to be a Marie Forleo. And I'm not saying that to belittle your dreams. What I'm saying is you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that you don't have the ability to be a Marie Forleo. It's that you, it's you are going to have the opportunity to maybe be that in 15 years. And right. so I know why people do it. And it's because they go, Oh, this person has done it for 15 years. They figured it out. So why don't I skip the line and do what they're doing? Because they figured it out for me. Right. But what you don't realize is they've figured it out for the $20 million a year, 20 person team business. Right. They don't have the answer for the one person, $100,000 a year business. Which is really, this is what's so interesting to me is, and I'm not saying that like, we are the people to follow. We have figured this out. Like don't follow Marie Forleo. But I think what we have really figured out with how to run calm businesses, which is writing foundational articles, sending a helpful newsletter, actually investing in your customers and talking to them, 
creating a social content calendar that you can stick with picking one platform only. We only use Instagram for Wandering Aimfully. Um, creating content on YouTube or a podcast. And like we were really consistent with that for about a year, year and a half until your mental health stuff and we had to take a break from it. But we were consistent all the way up until that time. So it was enough time to do it, which goes back to my consistency point. That has afforded us to create six-figure businesses. And it's not like we're trying to tell someone that's all you have to do. All you have to do is write blog posts, send newsletters, show up on YouTube or a podcast or Instagram, and you're going to have a six-figure business. Because there's a lot of things in there that we can't predict for you. Right. But my point to that is, is so many people see these examples of these super well-off Marie Forleo types. And I have nothing against Marie. She seems like a great and wonderful person. However, I just think she's a bad example for a lot of people to follow who aren't ever going to create that business. They should be following, and I don't mean just us, but I mean people like us, the people who are in that place. And what are they doing? And they're probably doing a lot less. And they're probably doing a lot more with less. And even and even that, to your point, like some of the advice that we give is even you have to ask us the questions about what we did when we started, exactly. right? And so that's we're always thinking about that with our coaching sessions is we're like, I can't tell somebody – that's why we even said at the beginning of this episode, if you're starting your business, you probably can't take a break that right. you want to take. Right. The only reason that we can take some of the breaks that we can with the podcast or with YouTube is because we have these other engines working for us that we planted the seeds for years and years and years ago. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like being very intentional about the people. Now, now I will say I'm, I'm in interrupting myself that I know that also part of the reason some people do follow those people is there's something aspirational about following people that are so far beyond where you are because it lights a fire under you so you're not actually listening to them for practical advice you're listening to them for aspirational advice and as something long as to you know to. that yeah yeah, yeah I think exactly that's the self-awareness that a lot of people unfortunately don't have and it's what leads them to burning out because we see it even in Wandering Aimfully. Like we see some of the people who are like, I got to have a podcast and I have this and I got to have that and I got to have this and this and this and this. Yeah. this. And we're like, okay, yeah. but who's going to do all that? And also you're still working like a full-time job or you're a full-time stay-at-home parent. Like it's not possible yeah. for you to do that. I even struggle with this myself because I find that I have the personality type where when I know that I can do better, I find it very hard to not do better. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, or, sure. or when I know how to do more, I find it hard not to do more. So my concrete example of this is, I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's still in the beginning stages, but Jason and I are working on creating this, experimenting with creating a passive income business that right. we just, we want to be able to take a business from zero to making a couple of thousand dollars a month so and that we can teach people how we did that. Not use our existing audience. Not use our existing not audience. Not use us, really. To, not use us, not use our faces. Like, really starting from zero to show people, like, here's how we did it. And um, this uh, this past month, our coaching session within WAME, um, which is our unborn coaching program, for those of you that are new around here, Um we do a session every month and it was about identifying your offer and it was like how to structure your offers in your business so that it makes your mon your business money. And we talked about this idea of a value ladder, which you've probably heard in the marketing world, but it's just the idea of like having a suite of products that increase in price as they increase in value so that you can really build trust with your customer. And any anyway, so I this was like percolating in my brain and this side business that we're creating, I was going to just have the one offer. And it was going to be this $100 thing. 
And I was thinking about it this morning and I'm like, you know what? Actually, we need a $10,000 master. I was like a, a value ladder actually would be really smart because at a hundred dollar price point, like you kind of need something to show people that it's worth it. Show, give so people something below, below that. that. Yeah. And so, and, and then I was like, Caroline, stop. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that yeah. might be the answer. That might be a good strategy, but start with one, yep. start with one, just because you know that the end goal might end up being this value ladder, let the market or let the experience show that to you because what I can, I know myself well enough to know that what can happen very quickly is it can spiral into creating a lot more work for myself than I need. Yeah. And so I'm sharing that a to say that it still happens to us that I see, I see what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, Oh, then I have to do that. And right. it's like, no, 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 just scale it back. Like start where you are, which yep. is just trying to get something off the ground. And then the second reason I'm sharing it is because I think a big piece of this push through or pull back is about knowing your personality. It's about self-awareness. So if you're the type of person who is a people pleaser, a Overachiever. Overachiever, someone who in has notoriously been known to like hustle for your worth um, and really measure your worth through your work. These are all things that I've had to unlearn in my life. That's my personality is geared to that. Then I think that's your default and you need to like try to be more aware of pulling back. Yep. And if you're the opposite, if you're someone who maybe procrastinates um, or self-sabotages or often falls short of something for a, a myriad of reasons – and that's your default, then maybe you need to pay a little bit more attention to pushing through and following through and doing it when you don't want to, you know? Yeah. And challenging some assumptions. You know, I think right. we, we see with some, some of our Wandering Aimfully members where they're about to launch their first course and they're basically saying like, oh, I don't know if someone's going to pay for this. Uh, I need to fill it with like so much extra stuff. Yep. And it's like, hey, let this first version be the the smallest, best version you can get done, but be okay with good enough. Yeah. Because what you want is you want to put that out there. You want to put it in front of people. You want to get them to pay for it. And then you want to find out from them, is it good enough? And yep. here's a perfect example for everyone for this. So uh, seven or eight years ago, you made this hand lettering for beginners course. And I remember it was such a slog to get it done. Then yeah. you finally got it done in a weekend, right? And I would imagine, I don't remember the exact conversation we have, but you, you have probably had all these ideas on how to like add more stuff and do all these things. And you didn't do any of that. We launched it. Yep. And then it started to do really well. And it got to this place where it was making $5,000 a month with a $20 course. Yeah. You never added anything to anything. it. And it's this, this thing, especially in online business, where we have all of these preconceived notions of what it will take to make someone happy as a customer or to get them to purchase. And what we do is we overfill our plates with all this stuff to do without going, let me just start with like just the bare bones thing that, that I feel is good enough. And let's see what someone says with that. And I think the most important thing to realize is why we do that. It's to cover up an insecurity. It's right. to cover up a fear, a fear that people won't buy, a fear that people will judge us for not delivering on the value that they had in their minds. Right. And so adding stuff and adding more and adding more and doing this and that, it's our way of protecting ourselves from the fear of being rejected or being looked down on or you know not meeting an expectation of someone. Instead of really working hard on detaching ourselves and our worth from the outcome. I forget what was the question that somebody asked on the coaching call where I was like, it was something about 
how do you know um, something about how do you know something about a launch? And I was like, my answer was, oh, you actually don't know. You just do the launch, right? And you let that and you data, let that data yeah. tell you. And it, and it was a like an unlock for me that I was like, oh my gosh, somewhere along the way, I have really done the work to detach myself, to to adopt such an experimenter's mindset that when we launch something or when we do something, I'm not attached to, oh, I remember what it was. He was like, how are you choosing that product for the passive income, that offer? How did you choose that offer if it hasn't been validated? Because I said, I haven't validated it with an audience because I don't have an audience yet right. for this thing. He's like, oh, well, how, how are you going to – how did you choose to launch that if it's not validated? And I was like, oh, I, I'm just not attached to the outcome. Right. So I'll do it, and then if nobody buys it, that will be my validation, and I'll yeah. say, oh, I'll try something Let's else. try something different, yeah. And he was like, oh, you, won't, you aren't attached to the outcome? Like you don't care if you don't get sales? And I know that that's not the place that everyone can be in their business. It takes years to get there. But it's just repetition of practicing having that experimenter's mindset and going, nobody knows. And so it's going back to what you said about the assumptions and pricing things and and putting – it's like the more that you can realize that you're not a bad person if nobody buys your thing – then the more empowered you are to not stuff your, you know, put so much work on your plate to launch this thing with like so much more work than you can even handle and to let the market or let the customers decide if that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that there's, I definitely want to talk about this idea of having to push through when you need to make money. Yeah. Because I think we are in a very privileged place where we have two businesses that are both profitable. We make, you know, plenty of money right now. A couple of years ago, we did not. Wandering Gamefully started at zero dollars per month, yep. and we're very grateful to be at a place where it's now making about twenty thousand dollars a month. And we're very transparent with our numbers because now that we want to show off, we want to show people. It took us two years to get there, and right. it took thirty different experiments to try and fit and consistent content and tweaking the business model and fit, you know, and it's all these different things. And in a year or two from now, it's probably gonna be totally different. And right. maybe it'll go back down to zero dollars. Like we don't know. And there's nothing that you can predict. If you could just like knock on wood or maybe do something to not jinx that. Knocked that'd on be great. my <laughs> knocked on my bald head. My noggin. Yeah, but I I think that the important point that I wanted to get to and, and even bring up and chat about is what do we tell people who are like, yeah, but like I need to make a thousand dollars next month or I need to, you know, what do I do? Because especially if that person is running up against working a full day and feeling tired and feeling exhausted and not wanting to write the next email that they put out or finish that blog post that they haven't written yet or whatever, what do we tell that person in that situation? Yeah. Because we've been there. So we know what that feels like. We just haven't been there in a while. Totally. A couple things. Like I would say, I don't know without knowing what that person's personal situation is and how important that thousand extra dollars actually is. Because I think sometimes there's a person who's in that mindset because they just want the bigger house or they just want the, and they've convinced themselves that they need these things to be happy that they don't need. That's a situation. But let's say that this person really is like, I'm drowning and I need money to pay my bills and I need money to feed my kids and all that. I think an important thing you're obviously in that situation going to have to default more to push through than pull back, right? That's the the just you gotta when you're when you gotta you're in do that, it. You're that's what you have to do. But I would say that if you know that you're in a season of push through, I would write down a list of like the non negotiables on your mental health, so that while you're pushing through, while you're defaulting to that more kind of hustle mode, 
you still aren't going so into the red on your energy tank that you're going to actually create a setback a bigger setback for you in the long run does that make sense oh for sure so like if we were back at at those early days where we were in debt and we were just like our businesses were just getting off the ground and we just didn't feel momentum in anything i would say you might have to work longer hours caroline you might have to push through a little bit but here are the non-negotiables for your mental health you are going to meditate for 10 minutes every day you are going to absolutely shut down your laptop at seven maybe it's 7 p.m maybe it's not 5 p.m like it is now maybe it's seven you are and you're going to take one day off one full day off a week and whatever those things are for you say what those boundaries are so that even when you're pushing through you are not creating a health circumstance for yourself so that you have to then take a year off from adrenal fatigue or anxiety or some type of you know yeah. Health and condition. I was going to say the non-negotiables was going to, what came to mind is oh, I asked married. that question because I do think that there's something really important and it's, it's hard to realize and it's hard to explain to someone. But right now, if putting a thousand dollars on a credit card to make ends meet saves you from having an anxiety attack or getting more depressed or feeling super overwhelmed and then not wanting to, and like shutting down completely six months from now, you is going to wish you put that thousand dollars on a credit card. Yeah. And, and I, we really don't, And we never give that advice. No. And it's not something that we, we would want everyone to follow, but we have done that. Like we have been in those places where we've gone, Oh, you know what? We got to put some money on the credit card. And also next month, we're going to have to carry it another month. And, And that's an unfortunate place to be, but it's not a forever place to be. Right. And I think that's the thing where as someone who owns their own business or is trying to start their own business or is running their own business, you have to zoom the lens out on money and you have to go, my financial situation right now is not my forever financial situation. It hasn't, five years ago it was different, five years from now it's going to be different, a year from now, a year before, it it all changes so much. And to understand that those little decisions that you make, if they save your mental health, it's so worth it. Because, you know, it's what we talk about all the time on the show. Your mental health is your most important thing. Absolutely. And so whatever decision is best for you on pulling back or pushing through, if you can push through and you feel like, yeah, I'm just going to be more tired. Like, I'm not going to affect my mental health. This is not going to send me into a spiral. Then by all means, a couple more hours, that's fine. Be in this little, like, sprint mode that you need to be in. But if it's going to compromise your health then you absolutely need to pull back. And yeah. that $1,000 that you need to make, find it some other way. Borrow it from family. We've done that as well. Put it yep. on a credit card. Do whatever you have to do. That is the most important thing you can do. Totally. It's like, you know, we're talking about push through or pull back. Oops. Hello. Hit the microphone. Hello. We're talking about push through or pull back almost as if they're equal, right? And that you have to tug like back between both of them. But for us, if there has to be a winner – it has to be pulled back. Absolutely. And it, even if it's a 51-49% relationship, and that is because we have experienced the consequences of what happens when you don't prioritize your mental health, and it is nothing – everything falls away and nothing becomes yeah. important anymore. So for us, we've had to learn that lesson the hard way that like if there has to be a winner, it's going to be – pull back. And I know that that sounds rich coming from people who have now gotten themselves to a financially stable situation. But like Jason said, we've had to make that choice before where it wasn't financially stable. Yeah. And going back to your credit card thing, the two caveats I wanted to add are that is for that is for if that thousand dollars is for your bills and like you need to live. That is not, not for some, shopping. That is not for what are some extravagant things you want to put in your credit card. Uh, shopping, just shopping. makeup, yeah, like yeah. That, that's yeah. not for that stuff. That's yeah. like, 
you that's know groceries yeah that's exactly like and, your rent or whatever and that's the second caveat i wanted to add to that is you are much more empowered to carry stuff on your credit card as a mental health tool when you have effective financial habits that you know you can pay them off when you get into a better situation. So make sure that if you're doing that, you already have, you know what your plan is to pay that off when you do have more of a bandwidth to be able to, or when things pick up or whatever. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, I think when you're in that space, one thing that was really empowering for me, this is like going into like a financial territory, but whatever. One thing that was empowering for me is adopting this mindset that I think it takes to be an entrepreneur of I can always make more money. Right. And I know that sounds crazy, but it really is a mindset that you have to have where that's the beauty of owning your own business is that there are opportunities everywhere and it's what we were trying to tell people on the coaching session about identifying your offer is like you have all of these ingredients all of these skills you have all of this knowledge base that you have all of these unique personality traits that you have you have to start seeing everything that you have as valuable it just matters how you configure those things into an offer that someone can pay you for yeah Um, because every i believe everyone has something of value to offer and it just matters how you package it so that someone feels like they're willing to pay money in order to have you solve their problem yeah uh i want to come back to mm, an enough number so remember that but i want to talk about what piggyback on what you were just talking about which is a question we get a lot which is a very difficult and i think tough question to answer for people which is well okay so i have an idea for what i want to do but i don't have an audience Uh i think this is one of the things where you have to push through a little bit is to build an audience right And so for us, what that looks like is at the outset of running your business, so whether your business has been around for a couple of years, six months, 10 days, you need foundational articles that are what Caroline likes to describe as like the manual for the thing that you teach. Right. So these are the helpful things. These are the someone searching for them on Google. Solving a problem. Solving a problem. And you are writing your version of those things to help someone solve a problem. And that for us looks like six to 10 of those articles and they need to be optimized for SEO. And you don't have to be an SEO wizard. If you want to read wanderingamefully.com slash SEO, that's everything we know and have used to build a website that gets half a million visitors a year, which is an astounding amount of people when you think about find our website somehow. And the reason that they find it is because we've written these helpful articles over the years and two, three, four years ago, us sat down, slogged through writing an article. We pushed through, finished it, hit publish. And every six months or so we check back in on that article and we look, what could be better? Oh, the whole first half of that article is garbage. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to delete that. I'm going to write something better. And, And this is something that has paid dividends for us because now, and specific example would be last year was a great example of this. When when your anxiety stuff hit, you were basically down for the count on work stuff, and I was towing the line with everything. I was basically keeping our email newsletter going, and everything else stopped. Yeah. Instagram, YouTube, this podcast, everything. But what didn't stop was over a 1,000 people every day came to our website. Exactly. And they're not all the right people but maybe 10 of them were potential customers. So I was able to experiment with a bunch of different things, a bunch of different stuff on our site where we had traffic funneling in. And the only reason that traffic existed is because years ago us sat down and wrote those articles. We actually, I think when, when all was said and done in 2019, which was by far the worst year of our collective lives together, 
we doubled our business. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. How does that happen? And it's because previous years us did like invested the time in creating those articles so that we had traffic that you could play with in all the ways that you just mentioned. Yeah. And so that is one of those things, like you were saying, that investing the time now is going to allow – it's going to give you the leverage to be in a place where you can actually choose to push through or pull back because now you have an engine that is running – your business when you're not running. And I know that's not, this is like the most unsexy advice for the time that we live in right now. Right. The fast pace, get everything done. You can post something and people can react to it immediately time that we live in. You know what? All the ephemeral marketing and promotion and things that you're spending all of your time on today, and I'm speaking to those of you who sit on Instagram for nine hours a day, None of that is going to help you a year from now when you might need to take a break. Right. Because when you're not showing up on that platform, guess what? People are scrolling to the next thing. Right. But when you have content that's out there that people are searching for that's solving problems, that is going to be the stuff that when you need to take a break is still fueling your business. Absolutely. So we cannot harp enough on if you don't have six to 10 foundational articles written that help people published on your site, that needs to be your priority for the next 90 days. Like you just need to crank those out and you need to get them going and they're not going to see any traffic right now. But you need to make them helpful, come back to them, pass them around to people, get some feedback, and just keep tweaking them and making them helpful and believe that they are useful and they will reward you later on. Yeah. So the last thing that I wanted to bring up, this I've was, also got my mm and enough number. It relates to that. Noise. It was a, it was a transition because that's you, called marriage. That's, that's your marriage part of the episode. Yeah, we're married. And it when you said those keywords, it made me think of an important part of this. It for us is we what what is like an important trigger for when we need to pull back. Of course, like all the mental health uh, awareness and all of that, but setting goals and setting financial boundaries to our goals is what helps us go, Oh, we can pull back now because we set that goal and we hit it. So a good example of this was in our last launch of Wayman Unlimited. This was depending on when you're listening to this, but this was fall of 2020. Yep. Um, we set goals for that launch based on our uh, financial projections of what we wanted the business to make. And we said, Okay, our I think our goal was 30, yep. which we hit, you know, by I think mid-launch or whatever. Yep. And so we had these two other tactics planned. It was like we were going to do an Instagram live and we were going to do a YouTube live. And this was just part of our launch plan to try and, you know, get interested customers and to really help them and then see if they were a good fit for Wham Unlimited. But by the time, because we set those goals yep. of this is what we want this launch to do, we were tired after the two months leading up to the launch and we hit our goal and we said we can either push through and follow through. We hadn't like told anybody we were going to yeah. do these things. We just had the internal plan. But even if we had told people, we probably still would have said, hey, we're not doing that anymore. And it's because we set those enough yep. goals yep. that we're able to say, let's pull back. Let's not do the live, the YouTube live. Let's not do the Instagram live because we don't have to yep. because let's, let's give ourselves a break. Like we set that goal for a reason. And that is not the advice that most people are going to give you. No, They're going to be like, gonna go, go squeeze. You every... got to maximize. Whoa, you gotta, you're going bro voice. You got to get every dollar out of every person you can suck those dollars out. Oh, Ew. that's weird. That's such a bro thing vacuum. to say though. No, I was going like Luigi's mansion. Oh, Luigi's three. mansion. Like a vacuum. Oh, Timely. Should, do you think Timely. we should play it again? Maybe. Uh, yeah, that's almost exactly what I wanted to bring up with the oh, enough number. And I, I do think my part of that was for 
you listening to this, if you've not done this exercise, you can go to wanderingamefully.com slash working, where we talk about establishing these numbers. But your mm number is like the minimum you need to make every month just to pay your bills. You're not saving any money. You're not investing any money. You're not buying any fancy shoes. You're just getting your groceries, your rent, your utilities paid for. Your enough number is your, oh, this would be great. This is not like I'm making 30K a month, you know, whatever. It's not even 10K. It's like, oh, my enough number might be 25 or my mm number might be 2,500. My enough number might be 5,000. Well, it could be 30K. It's yeah, whatever, yeah, saying, but whatever yeah, it doesn't have to be. But the point is, is when you come up against tasks that you need to do and you go, oh, I really want to get this done and push through so I can make this extra money, but I've already hit my mm number this month. And I'm not really feeling it. So I don't need to push through. Yeah. And having those two numbers at all times for you and your specific situation in your life, if you can have those at your disposal, it makes those decisions so much easier to push through and pull back. And I think that when you brought up the kind of the financial situation stuff, to me, I think if we would have done that way earlier on, we probably would have avoided so many times when we had late nights, long nights, you staying up through the night to finish an ebook not my finest moment <laughs> <laughs> and and why you know yeah. and it's because uh i don't know i think i might make some money from it but that month i mean i know because of what we were doing at that time we'd already made enough money there was no reason for you to push through to do no that reason. and without defining those numbers you don't know so you're just arbitrarily pushing through for nothing Mm -hmm. and i think that that's a really empowering place to be when you know those numbers and you can hit those numbers then you can make a lot of decisions yeah it kind of the visual that i'm getting in my head is like you know the your number and your enough number stressing me out it's it's empty let's put it on the floor okay it's a can of spinach that was (laughs) wobbling on her abdomen First of all, it's my upper thighs. Oh, okay. I'm but sorry. I know yeah, well, it's all just <laughs> kind of blends together. <laughs> well, you are, you are under a blanket. so um, The visual I'm getting in my head is that your mm number and your enough number are almost these like vertical lines, these boundaries on this like, you know, scale kind Push of. Push through pullback scale. Yeah. And so those that's the sweet spot. Like to me, if this was like an episode of like American Gladiators or something like that, that now I'm on board. Okay. Yeah. That's the that's the red zone. Okay. The zone between your mm number and your enough number. That's where you're trying to hit. And where's the gladiator? There's a gladiator on the right and And a gladiator gladiator on on the left, left. and they have a rope. Okay. And it's a tug of war. Okay. Okay. And yeah. and one gladiator is what's gl- his name? Is gladiator push through? No. What's his name? Gladiator push through. No. What's his name? <laughs> pusher. His Vlad. Name's pusher. Vlad. His name's pusher. Okay. Gladiator pusher. Yeah. Is, you don't call him gladiator. Just oh, pusher. Pusher yeah. is on the right, and, and then, then laser. Pull- laser Lasers. is on the left, <laughs> and he's gladiator pullback laser. <laughs> and so they're kind of tugging this tug of war rope, right? <laughs> I was just doing a motion with my hands that Jason made me realize was looking very uh, interesting, uh, interesting, uncomfortable. Maybe pull back on doing that motion. Yeah, but the idea is like there—it's the tug of war, yeah. and so the boundaries, the red zone, is what's helpful so that you know when laser needs to tap yep. in and when pusher needs to tap in yep. in order to get the knot in the tug of war right into that sweet spot. Yeah. And that <laughs> is a helpful. visual that is helpful to only me and, and anyone else who grew up loving American gladiators. That's right. Yeah. So you're welcome. No, I, I do think that's helpful. I, I really do think that exercise would be really impactful for a lot of people listening to this show who don't know those two numbers and they just arbitrarily choose to continue to do things 
because they think they should or because they're chasing after some number that someone has told them is a valuable number to have six figures in revenue a year or whatever. Does that matter for you? It probably doesn't. Right. And, and what matters to you is to define that number and then make decisions based on that number. Great. Uh, anything else on our list about this? That this was it, babe. Hodgepodge of an episode here. When to be a, when to when to use pusher and when to use laser. laser. <laughs> People who stuck around this far are gonna really are those, appreciate. Do they have names like that? Laser for sure. Yeah. So, but I'm I well, hold pusher on hold on. This is yeah. a really important thing. This yeah. is again age difference. Yeah. They ha- they make up names. Yeah, themselves? yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. okay. Yeah. Laser. That's why I like, like what's dodgeball, one? like the movie. Yeah. It, where it's like blaze laser. Oh, okay. Laser. <laughs> That was a joke about the American Gladiators. Like they all had names like that. I want an American Gladiator name. Uh, Your American Gladiator name is Forerunner. Ew, no. That's your name. No, I want a better one. Okay, your American Gladiator name is Foreskin. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, this has been been Foreskin. I'm out. Signing off. You're looking a little droopy. You're not looking as toned as a... First of all, that's it. It's getting weird. Let's finish it off. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to this episode of What Is It All For? Uh, We hope that this gave you some stuff to think about or just some laughs here at the end. What is it all for, Skin? (laughs) Yeah, I knew it was gone. I knew it was gone. And now some of you parents out there who had children listening are going to have some interesting questions. Mommy, what's a for, Skin? It's a person on a show who's not good at jousting. No. Uh, All right. We've run that into the ground. And that'll be the end of the episode right there. We'll We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.